Today's Swapa number is 38. That's the number of surveys and polls Swapa ran during the SEP process during preparations for contract 2020 alone. Our association doesn't make all of our decisions based only on polling results, but they serve as an important source of data when it comes to Swapa's strength in numbers. Swapa doesn't have any polls coming soon that we know of, but when we conduct one, we see a lot of membership engagement both on the poll itself and in social media and in direct emails to Swapa. So today on the show, we're going to talk with Economic, Financial Analysis, and Industry Research Committee member Greg Ald, who is also our resident polling expert, about all things polling related. I'm Kurt Heidemann. And I'm Amy Robinson. And here's our interview with Greg. First of all, Greg, SWAPA does internal and external polling. How do we divide up the workload there? And how do we decide which goes through external and which goes through internal polling? We do the internal polling primarily because it, it's, it's easiest for us to do it. It's, it's more responsive. We can do it on a shorter notice and we can turn the results around faster. When we do the external polling where we, we rely on an outside contractor to help write the questions and we staff it to a call center, and that call center runs for a week or so. And then it probably takes 10 to 15 days to, to analyze those results. So at the end of the day, we can get internal polls done faster than we can external polls. How long does it take us to turn an internal poll? Well, we can, you know, we got pretty good at it because we did so many of these over the uh, over the course of contract 2020. Uh, once we get it in the field, we run it for a week. Uh, and we can usually get the results midway through the poll pretty quickly. And then we can get the final results to the decision makers usually within about five to seven days. And who handles our outside polling? So what we use in outside polling is we use an a, a individual named Phil Comstock, Phil's a, a, a terrific guy. He kind of, probably has about 35 years of experience, primarily with labor unions in a wide variety of industries. And uh, he, in turn, uses a uh, the University of New Hampshire call center. And they do all kinds of polling, everything from consumer, you know, consumer polling, political polling, and they just work on a contract basis. And they use college students there, and they, and they, they run a call center for us. So he helps us put together the questions and and kind of yeah we have relied on him for I mean his expertise and he, he just he always talks about that you know you need to ask the questions that have, give you actionable information that you can actually use you don't write questions just because you're curious on what an answer is he always wants to say well what's what what decisions do you need to make and then let's write the questions from those and so with you know thirty plus years of experience we rely on him not only to help us craft those questions for the phone polls. Uh, and then he helps interpret those. And he does an awful lot of analytical work. And he's a terrific voice for SWAPA, for the board, to help understand uh, the, inf- the information that the poll is giving us. Greg, we, we, we talk about polling, we talk about surveying, and sometimes we use those interchangeably. Are they? And, and what's really the difference between the two of them? Well, you know, at the, at the, at the literal level, a poll is, is, the definition of a poll is a single question. And a survey is a collection of questions usually grouped around a topic. But we've kind of broadened that definition a little bit that uh, when we talk about surveys, we think about the idea of blank sheet questions, open-ended questions, uh, 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 questions that where we can get a wide variety of responses. And then when we talk about polling here at SWAPA, we've kind of narrowed the topics down, maybe narrowed the responses down to what's proved popular in the blank sheets. So when we use that survey education polling process all through Contact 2020, Surveys to us imply the blank sheet surveys with a lot of open-ended ideas. And then the polling was the distillation of those ideas into a couple of dozen, 20 or 30 questions that 
of the and the choices came out of the popular responses of the black sheets. So the surveys kind of fed the polls, essentially. Uh, absolutely. So that's so we think about survey and polling is surveys do feed the, the eventual formulation of the poll. And that's that's the process we crafted over two two to three years during the contract 2020. So what are some issues that aren't appropriate to poll on? Probably the first thing is you don't want to poll on an issue in which the membership doesn't know much about. Let's use a good example right now. One of the things we're, we're talking about is a new retirement program, something called a market-based cash balance plan, which I dare say a majority of the membership doesn't know much about the details. So it, it wouldn't make sense to poll about the intricacies of that or the desirability of that until we've done some education and so people understand the pros and cons of that. And I'd like to add that that education part is part of that SCP process that we did, but there's a level of education that you need. So we we did cover it during the retirement NP, but we covered it in, you know, probably 500 words on a chart. That's still probably not enough to really have the membership educated to the level that we need them to be to decide whether they want this in contract 2020 completely. Sure. So, you know, things, you know, ideas that are, that are, that are complex and not well understood, don't lend themselves to polling right away. The other things in polling that may not be appropriate are for time-critical, time-sensitive things. Uh, and we saw that most recently in the concession talks, as those were moving very quickly last fall. In the time it takes to get some answers, because the back and forth in, the, in, the, in those talks, we were relying upon information we had and the mood of the membership we had from previous surveys, but it wouldn't be uh, appropriate to run a poll out very quickly to, when you need to make a decision within three or four days. And so without the polling, what's the solution? How does the, how do the committees, the NC, SRC, contract admin, how do they get their marching orders? Well, I mean, the marching orders always come from the board of directors. Um, and the information that feeds the board of directors actually does come from polling. It comes from this vast polling background we've done over the last several years. So when you say we don't poll on the immediate issue at hand, we actually are relying on the data we've generated from the from the multiple surveys we've done on multiple topics beforehand. So I could see that would be an issue where if like member sentiment changes, obviously it's going to change slowly, but if it changed very quickly, we might not have the most up-to-date data. That is true. I mean, and we, we talked about this idea, and I think we've worried about that because we did such an intensive education or polling education effort before contract 2020, and then everything changed, right? Um, the first major change we had was the the max grounding that, and that changed the way, you know, schedules were made. And of course, then of course we had the pandemic. So there's this concern I think we have here at, at SWAPA that some of our polling data is stale and probably needs to be refreshed. And what I just like to remind people that just because it's stale doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong. So there's two, two separate topics. So we will have to refresh those ideas. We'll probably will have to poll on some things. And I'll give you a good example. When we did our initial polling, the idea of monthly open time polled very lowly, and it was clearly sentiment that we, we should focus our efforts in the scheduling area other than monthly open time. Well, after the pandemic, it became a very popular program. So that's an idea where we probably need to revisit that to find out where our members are. And it probably makes sense to do that when things get a little bit more back to normal. But would it be fair to say, too, that we have to think about long term? Uh, you know, let's face it, COVID, max grounding, both black swan events, one in, you know, once in a lifetime things. Is there, a, is there a risk of polling on something immediately following the event or during the event? You know, is everybody going to be 
gun shy or is that going to color their responses today on something that might affect them five, 10 years down the road? Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, there is clearly a bias when, you know, current events and recency is a major problem in polling that, you know, when you, when people are, are affected and their attitudes are, are, are affected by what has just happened. I mean, take this to the political realm. People, re, I think people forget, you know, the original, the first George Bush president was, his popularity rating was 91% right after the, the first Gulf War. And he went on to lose the election 18 months later. So that you're right exactly that polling immediately after a black swan event, it, you know, can give us some data that we, we would not necessarily want to be actionable. So we're not rushing out today to, to poll on monthly open time while the wounds are still fresh. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've had those discussions here that it's just, you know, we, we think about, is it time to poll on, you know, X or Y? And, 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 and you're exactly right. We've been through so much really from last summer until now. We're now getting to the mode where it's, as we start to see a recovery, we start to see, you know, the first month of, of scheduling without green bars. I think we're starting to see the very beginnings of returning to, norm, to normalcy. And so we'll, I think polling here as we, as we move through 21 makes a lot of sense. So one of the questions that, that uh, pilots ask is, you know, when they call, what if I can't answer them? How, how, does, how does that work? Well, it, it, it works when the, uh, you, you, you'll probably see the caller ID and you'll see that it says University of New Hampshire on that. If you just can't get to it, the, the short answer to that is that they'll call back. Uh, their protocol is they have a, usually a seven-day call window, and they call typically between 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. So they'll, they will call you back. And that's happened you know, to me. I've been randomly called before, and I didn't get to it, and they called, they called a day later. So that's how that works. They work very hard to target those randomly selected pilots in each of those demographic groups. And another question is, why can't they hear the questions first? Well, an important part of polling is to get what you think at that time and not to give a rehearsed answer. So that's not helpful data for you to get to, for you to kind of have your talking points ahead of you. What they really want to know and what we want to know as a customer of that polling is what does that pilot think at that time? Greg, some of the feedback that we've gotten is that sometimes some of the polling questions are worded strangely. Is that on SWAPA or is that on Comstock polling? Uh, how does that, how is that decision made? And, and explain that to the listeners a little bit. Well, maybe there's a, a couple of pieces to, to talk about here. Sometimes the wording of the questions might sound a little, you know, a little awkward. And sometimes that's because of what we try hard, particularly on the phone polling, is Phil tries to use the same questions time over time over time again. And that gives us this, this longitudinal a study of how, you know, how opinions have changed if we're using the exact same questions. Other times questions are written. I mean, we really work hard when we write questions to avoid what we kind of talk about here inside a swap of leading the witness. I mean, we don't want to ask a question that kind of has a presumed answer. Sometimes we really want to give the, the respondent the opportunity to, to rank it one to five or yes or no and not have us say, you know, what, not not have a presumed outcome of that question. And we work really hard here at SWAPA to get to get data that is useful and not confirming what we already think. And I will say that uh, you and I have talked about this question in particular. I know that uh, I've always been frustrated when they call and say, "How much of a raise would you uh, accept in the next contract?" And I and and the answer is always, uh, it depends, right? It depends on if it's a five year contract or a twenty year contract or a three. And so. Uh, I think you've sort of addressed that 
sort of topic a little bit at least. Uh, yeah, you know, and, and I've even when I when I've talked with uh, with Phil about that because it, that, that does come up because it, it's unclear. And the answer there is, you know, we we're not looking for we're looking for sentiment. We're looking for you know sometimes that that first answer or that. The, the, what, what the pilot is saying, in aggregate, that does give us information. We're not looking for 600 perfect answers. We're looking for what the, the sentiment of the entire group is, and it's going to be along a bell curve. So uh, even if the question feels, you know, a little un, un, uncertain to you, you know, your other respondents in your in a pilot group, it may make perfect sense to them. So the questions are written. There's a lot of consistency involved there, and it's a lot, a lot of it is designs that we get a, a sentiment across the entire pilot group. So let me ask you, let's refer to specifically the SEP polls. How accurate were those? Well, you know, accuracy of polls, I already mentioned as far as the uh, the polling for um, the phone polling, which we really work because it's a, it's a randomized sample and we get a very, very high response rate. So those, we're very confident in those answers. The, the, the polling we did in SCP are, are web-based polls, and we send them deliberately to the entire membership because we want to hear from the entire membership. But the accuracy of those is definitely affected by something called self-selection bias. And that just makes sense that the people on a, whatever your particular issue is, whether it's benefits or retirement or reserve, you're going to have people that's very important to. Uh, on probably both sides, the, both sides of the coin, and you're going to have a, a group in the middle that probably won't respond because they don't particularly care. So we worry about the idea of self-selection bias in a web-based poll because it's a voluntary response. The way we correct for that is we ask questions in those polls and we, we look for the congruency of those questions with some of the scientific polling. And when we see questions about, you know, sentiment of SWAPA or how do you think of the importance of a particular issue, when those align really well with phone polling that we've done recently to that poll, that gives us a lot of confidence that even though we have some self-selection in the web-based polling, it's close enough. And we talked about this here too. You know, we do not make decisions on polling here, 5149. I mean, we, we, we need to see when we're contemplating major changes or po- contemplating big policy actions, particularly with negotiations, we need to see a large part of the group, uh, in favor or opposed to a particular idea. So 5149, 5545 questions are going to tell us from a polling aspect that there's ambivalence on that particular topic, as opposed to when we see an 80% response or 65% or 70% response, we go, okay, we know that there's movement on this particular idea. So Greg, uh, you and I worked together quite a bit on some of the SEP polling. And I know that uh, you and I had a difference of opinion on how we structured some of them. I often wanted to say, shouldn't we ask the question like, do you want A or do you want B? Because you can't have both. Uh, you know, we, we talk about that being an ice cream question. Uh, of course, I want both. Everybody wants both. But but you said more to use the one to five scale. And and how, how does that help us? Well, when you, when you have a binary choice of A or B, B or C, and you get an answer, well, that's all you know is whether somebody prefers A or B. But you don't really know how much they prefer those choices. And let's say you asked, would you like A, B, or B or C, and you get some sort of ranking, some sort of ordering there. You don't have a sense of intensity. And so a one to five scale gives the poll, gives the opportunity to uh, get an intensity of how, how they like that topic. We, uh, we did a poll back on miscellaneous topics. Uh, one is one of the one of the latter uh, uh, surveys we did. And I think at one point, I think we had, 
it was like 28 separate topics. We essentially took the, we, we, we said, how do you feel about those different topics? There was everything from probation to non-rev travel to, to sick bank and all kinds of things were that, in that discussion. And of course, so many of those uh, topics all came back. There was generally positive, there was neutral to positive feelings on all of those. But when you have an intensity type ranking, then you could suss out out of those 28, which were the more important as opposed to which were least important. You know, they're all important. Members all, you know, they're all in the CBA, so they all have some level of importance. But when you get kind of a one to five, one to nine, we changed the scale a couple of times during the polling. But we were ultimately looking for intensity of opinion as well as to, as to just what the opinion was. So I've heard this before from the membership. Why don't we share polling results with them? Well, with the member, well, remember when you share polling results with the membership, you're sharing the polling results with everybody, right? And so there is certainly, particularly with negotiations, uh, you can imagine there is some information that is helpful to our side for negotiations. So we obviously uh, want to keep that information confidential to our decision makers to give us an advantage in the, in the negotiating process. But Greg, then when we did the EXTO VSP poll, we went ahead and took that data and we shared it not just with the company, we shared it with the membership. I mean, that, we made that public. So, so what's different? Well, th- and there was a different purpose for that polling, right? We, we did that polling because we knew the answer. We were so confident from the anecdotal feedback we'd gotten from the representatives as well as from the members. But the company was not listening to us. They weren't, they, they, we needed, this, this was a messaging idea, trying to get that information out. So we were, we were happy to share that with the company. So they could, and, it, and, as it, and of course, as it's, it's turned out, um, we actually got a second round of VXTOs out of that. So I think ultimately that was a successful mission. But there's a difference between polling for internal decisions in a negotiating process versus polling for a messaging point. And that's what that was. That's how we released that. Do you think the fact that the um, EXTO polling was so exact that it will help us at the table for section six? Absolutely. I mean, the message that we can take to the table is we know our membership. I mean, everybody can speak to like, I know what, I know what somebody said to me the other day. I mean, everybody has those anecdotes, but of course, anecdotes are, are just that they're just individual data points, but the polling we did for the EXTO combined that with the, you know, 38 surveys of the SEP and the, the dozens of phone polls we've done over the years give SWAPA this tremendous confidence that we know our people. I mean, we're a very diverse group of different, d- different, different ages and bases and things like that. But we, uh, are, the polling gives us this confidence that we know who our people are. And we, and we proved that through the EXTO. We did that through, um, we were able to, in the original VSP and EXTO, by knowing our people and doing some modeling from, from the data we had from before through all the SCP process, we pretty accurately predicted what the response rate was going to be to the first round of VSPs and EXTO. And I'd say that, uh, you know, you talked a little bit about that self-selection bias, that anecdotal evidence really is the definition of, of, of self-selection. If, if the chiefs are saying, uh, we're not hearing this from, you know, in the office, well, those are the guys that are going into the office to talk to you. They're, they're going to be a different group than the people that take all of the surveys that we offer. Right? That's absolutely right. I mean, it's a very small number that actually go into the chiefs and talk. It'll be a small number of people that pick up the phone and talk to their reps. And so we use polling as another means. It's not the only means, but it's a way for us to get a good pulse on how, what, what our members are thinking. Do we have any 
planned polling coming up? And is there anything else that you would want to say to the membership about polling? Sure. Well, we already talked about the fact that we're coming off such as Black Swan event that we, we took a kind of a hiatus from polling more recently. But it, we are planning as we get back into Section 6 to do some more sentiment polling to refresh some of the data we got from the SCP process. Um, we do phone polling typically once or twice a year. The last phone poll we put out was in May. So it's time for us to get back into, into a phone polling mode again to, to reaffirm scientifically the, member, the, uh, the views of, of the membership. When we take a poll, we, always, you know, we, we, we pride ourselves in making the web-based polls available to the entire membership. We pre-blast that with information. We usually send a couple of reminders during the, pro, the polling week. So my ask is please make your voice heard. Every single response comes back to us. Every single open-ended comment is collated and sent to the board of directors and the executives here at, at SWAPA. So when the polls do come out and you see that information, please, please answer those, uh, answer, the, answer those surveys. And when the University of New Hampshire has your name and you see that on your call ID, please pick up the phone. We really want to hear from you. Our thanks to Greg for coming on the show today, this time to talk about polling and surveys. Like he said, SWAPA is confident that we have the pulse of our membership. We don't want to overstate the weight that we put on our polling, but as an organization that relies on data, having the numbers to support anecdotal evidence provides a full picture for our board to set direction for our union. Before we go, as always, we want to remind you that we want to hear from you. If you have any ideas for a future podcast, have a question, or just want to tell us something that you liked or didn't about this episode, please drop us a line at com at swapa.org. And finally, today's bonus number is 323. That's the number of VXTO extensions that our polling before the second round of VXTO predicted would occur. And it happens to also be the exact same number of the current EXTO participants that were awarded an extension. Is it a coincidence? Maybe. But the fact remains that SWAPA's polling shows that we have a clear understanding of our membership. Your participation gives us the hard data we need to help represent your interests during the day-to-day -day interactions with the company and in the negotiating room. The 1896 Baltimore Tower, runway 33 left, clear to land, went 310 at 16, gust 24, traffic will depart runway 28. Clear to land, 33 left, southwest 1896.